Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. I am Tim Twentyman. He is the Hall of Famer, Mike O'Hara. <laughs> you just has, won't let it go. Who has joined me for the key matchup segment that we yeah. do every week. And Mike, look, week 16 of the NFL, uh, week 18, excuse me, of the NFL. But I think everybody's kind of looking forward to, to week 19, right? But first and foremost, there is a little something to play for this week. You expect the starters, you expect them you know, to, to kind of go and, and try to get this win and is it the right move yeah i think so i would that's what i would do that's why i judge how i judge things what i do it and not that i'm a coach or anything but i, I would do that and look there are players who have things that's you know uh things at stake bonuses and stuff like that the team has things at stake and go out there with those fans at, at ford field and put on a show for them yeah and i think look there's still a possibility to get the number two seed i know it probably isn't you know the most likely thing but look dallas and philadelphia are on the road you've been in this yep. covering this league a long time i'm sure you've th- seen stranger things happen the last week of the season Just last week yeah to, to get <laughs> to get uh things to you know into playoff shape no, so um look they can get the number two seed with a win and, and i think there's also a little part of you know wanting to get the, the the bad taste out of your mouth from last week right go into the playoffs on a good note playing good football um um, and, and then you're off and running. Yeah, and if they you know they play their reserves and they lose, then they go into the playoffs with a two game losing streak. Not that that really means everything, but everything means something in yeah. my in my opinion. It, it's that's why you're out there. If it didn't mean anything, you wouldn't be out there. And so I think you you weigh it and you balance it and you go, what's best for me and what's best for my team? And it's to play your players to a certain degree. Well, if they're going to get a win, they've got to win some of these key matchups that we're going to go through. Okay. Let's start with the first one. And to me, it's a big one. We saw this matchup play out. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, quite a bit. It's Cam Sutton, cornerback for the Detroit Lions, versus Justin Jefferson, who's, um, you know, one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Jefferson, what, six catches, 141 yards in a touchdown. Yeah. A few of those were on Sutton. The touchdown was on Sutton where he kind of slipped and fell. But that, to me, is is a really huge matchup this week. And they've got to find a way t- to limit Jefferson a little bit more. You're not ever going to stop him. Like he's a really good player and he's going to go make plays. We saw that against double teams, but it's the big plays. It's the touchdowns. Those are the things that you got to limit. With yeah, him. he had a game against the Lions uh, last year where he had 220 yards or something like that, some amount of it. It's just amazing. I was looking at his at his chart before, you know, this, this morning when we were putting this stuff together, and he started out the season before the injuries and all that. He had 150 yards, 159 yards, and 149 yards. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy who can move the ball down the field almost at ease, at will. And so I don't—he's th- probably 80 percent of himself right now. I don't think he's—I don't think he's at full strength. And if I were him, I wouldn't want to open it all the way up and maybe aggravate that injury. I mean, he went—you know—get through this game clean. And and but I think he's—he's he's like you said, he's a real load. He is really it is. worrisome at all for you that you had Jefferson with the 141, and then you saw what C.D. Lamb with the uh. 227 last week. Now, I know a lot of those came. Well, uh, a chunk I, of them came on a 93-yard touchdown yeah. that probably shouldn't have it if Derek Barnes makes a play in the end zone there and, and Vildor doesn't fall down. But look, it happened. It's, it's, it happened. It's, it's, it's in the stat sheet. 
is a little bit worrisome. Would you like to see them handle a number one guy before they go into the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, you know, things carry over for you, I think. And it, now you're not going to get overconfident covering this guy, but but at least if you do a you know representable job, you go into the playoff with 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 a better feeling. At least, at least I would. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent. If I'm your coaches and your position coach, the same thing. Hundred percent. Get back agree. out there, cover him again. And I I suspect they'll play him a little bit different this week. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, talked a little bit this week about playing more physical, trying to get hands on him at the line of scrimmage. There's also some danger in doing that, um, but I would I would expect a lot of attention on him, especially with with T.J. Hawkinson out for the year, and then Jordan Addison kind of still yeah. dealing with an ankle injury. I know he played last week, but I, I would expect them to really focus on on Justin Jefferson and and not letting him beat them. Yeah, and we've been you know like watching these guys since March, you know, and and tra- not training camp, but you know the early part of the, the workout system. I wouldn't realize he how small Cam Sutton looks compared to other players, but he's tough. He yeah. competes. He competes hard. He's quick. He's got he's got some real skills, but you can't put size on a guy. It just it can't happen. But no, you can put size on one guy, and that's <laughs> Penny Sewell. Because <laughs> he is a low. Talk about tough. We're done with this one. And we're done with that one. Let's go on to the next one. I think that's... I uh, save these for posterity. It's, it's a good matchup to me as Penny Sewell versus Danelle Hunter. Um, they're, they're talented Pro Bowl um defensive end and look it's pro bowler versus pro bowler congratulations to penne sewell uh his second straight uh pro bowl nod um and and look you look two weeks ago uh penne got the better of the matchup um Danelle had a couple you know nice plays in the run game but um didn't have a sack on penne sewell and so i thought you know like we've seen every week with with penne he just he just lives up to the to the to the height, lives up to the matchup, and 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 plays good ball. And it's just so easy for him. It yeah. seems like you know. Look, we want we want you to run a, a down and out for for ten yards. We need a first down. What else? You know, it's just he's just. I'm pretty sure good. watching him because every every week we watch, on yeah. Friday we watch yeah. practice and you see the offensive linemen take the go routes. Yeah. And, you know, be part of the passing game. You watch him; he could play tight end in this yeah, league, absolutely. And I think he could be really good at absolutely. tight end. Yeah, I mean, he might want to lose, you know, ten pounds or twenty or whatever. But no, I'm I'm with you on that one. We saw that last game against the Dallas Cowboys last last week, and he was on Micah Parsons. Michael Parsons couldn't draw a breath on him. I mean, he just had him locked up. He had to be thinking to himself, "What's going on here? Yeah. I'm supposed to be doing that to him." He one of the best tackles in football. Yeah, absolutely. And he's Twenty what three years old. I mean, imagine Maybe that. Maybe not even that old. You know, and geez. just imagine the future that 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 young man has. And one quarterback hit, four hurries um, for Hunter um, in in the last game. No sacks allowed in that matchup, though. Um, so that's just going to be really the key this week. I thought last week. There was a little bit of confusion up front at times, mm-hmm. especially in the run game. Um, I thought Jared got hit a few more times than they would like to see. So I think that those guys up front need kind of a bounce back performance. And I think Penny Sewell is one of the guys that can give it to him. Yeah, and Hunter's a good player. He really is. He's had 15 and a half sacks. And he might and well, he might add a couple more or, or, or not. The goal is for him to or not. But he's a really, really good ball player. And I'm, I'm sure you remember this right around the bye week, you know, when the, when the Minnesota was really struggling. There was some talk about maybe trading him to, you know, trading him to Detroit. Yeah. Of course, there, was, there were rumors were to trade him to everywhere. Right. Of there was no. Everyone there was, would take him. Everybody <laughs> would take him too. But he is a really good, a really good ball player. He is, and that'll be an interesting matchup. They want to keep Jared clean, um, and and pretty much just do what they did to Minnesota uh, two weeks ago, where I thought the offensive line played really, 
really good, controlled that Brian Flores kind of blitzing, dropping scheme and, and just played a clean game, and that's why they won the game. And they've got so many pieces on offense that fit together that are just you, – you, you can't stop this. If, if they're on their game, you can't stop them. You can't. They'll find because we all – no, we'll throw it over here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to run it there. You know, they, they, it's just it's, – it's amazing. It's the best offensive line – I'm sorry, it's the best – Best offense I've seen with the Detroit Lions in all the years I've been covering this team. And wow. I've seen some pretty good players. You've seen a lot of good players, <laughs> a lot of good offense. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of good players, let's go on to the next uh, matchup in this one. It's Amon Ross St. Brown versus. You want me to sign these or just get rid Josh of Josh McTellus? We're, we're just going to keep them right here for, <laughs> for prosperity. I like this. Okay. Right there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh McTellus. You look at two weeks ago, week 16, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 catches on 14 targets, 106 yards, a touchdown. It was vintage yep, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yep. And the funny thing about the, the the 12 catches I went and looked on Pro Football Focus against eight different defenders. Really? I mean, they threw the kitchen sink yeah. at trying to stop Amon Ross St. Brown and couldn't. But their nickel cornerback is Josh Metellus. That's who's probably going to see St. Brown the most. And I think you look at the numbers with Metellus. He's been targeted 87 times this year. He's allowed 77 receptions on those 87 targets four touchdowns 109.6 passer rating that's well, let's make it 110 adva- that's advantage <laughs> uh st brown and the lions wasn't he a, wasn't a kid a kid from michigan metellus is is a kid from michigan peach yeah he is the yeah kid from michigan. sixth round draft pick you know he's sort of he's sort of like the you know a, a defensive backs version of amon ross st brown he draft low worked his way up yeah and this is his first year as a full-time starter too so he's really he's made some strides and they must there's something they must like in him and it's good after that kind of little mini lull for St. Brown. And yep. we, we call four catches, three catches a, a, a lull because we just get so used to him catching eight, nine, ten balls, 100 yards, um, that it's good to see him back to being you know what he is. And you'd love to see him finish out the season that way too, have a big game and, and, and really be humming going into the playoffs. You know, he, I looked this up this morning, Tim, and he had 917 or 912 receiving yards as a rookie boosted that up to 1100 and something the second year and now he's got 1311 with with a game to go so he has really worked at his craft he's he came in good and he wanted to get better okay got better still and you know what he'll probably be doing this until he's in the league 10 or 12 years he'll always be looking for another edge i think he's a first alternate in the pro bowl you consider that a little alternate? bit of a snub yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> of course i do but you know, look, he's but he's recognized out there. You know, there's so many wide receivers; they're they're almost interchangeable in it too, to some degree. He's a little different than because he's not this not, not quite as tall, not quite as rangy. But boy, is he productive, and he, he gets the job done. And look, like you said, look or like I said, look how he's improved over in, th- in a three year span. Yeah, it it, it it's been significant. Let's so, put it this way: I'd rather go into a game with him than without him. Hundred percent. Yeah, I want to look for. I don't want to look for a replacement at the last minute. All right, Minnesota made a decision this week. They're going to start Nick Mullins at quarterback. Just a and minute, I just a minute. You, you, so put this, you put this matchup um, together because obviously of what happened two weeks ago and Kirby Joseph uh, being able to pick him off twice. Uh, Mullins threw four interceptions in, in the contest. But look, when you look at Kirby, he's the first player since Bobby Watkins in 82 and 83. You remember him? Yeah. We'll get well, scouting yeah, report. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's the first player to have four Bobby interceptions. Watkins, in second his, round draft. Yeah, yeah, in his first two um, seasons. So, yeah. you know, uh, we talked about Amon Ra with the production. Here's a guy who's also been productive. So eight Joseph. total. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got that right. Amazing. Eight, eight interceptions in, in in two years, and it just 
to me, with with what's going on in um, in Minnesota, we're going to talk to uh, uh, Mark Craig from the. Um, Minneapolis Star Tribune um, about that matchup and and we get into that a little bit just about the backup quarterback job but it just goes to show how valuable a guy like Teddy Bridgewater can be in this league right an established veteran guy who's won games has a consistent um, you know record of production now obviously we haven't seen Teddy he hasn't had to play but I this situation in Minnesota, it's a good football team on the cusp of making the playoffs, but turnovers have just been an issue, and, it, and it's really been at the quarterback position. It kind of tells you where they are when you know, they want a, a little more stability at quarterback, and they get a guy who had two, t- two touchdown passes and four interceptions <laughs> two weeks ago. To give you the stability, <laughs> right? Now they want you to go out there and be be stable again. You look at Kirby, though. Yeah. Um, and, and this is going to be interesting, I think, if – if and when we see um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, yeah. uh, you know, what they're going to do there because um, if Atu Melifon was playing so well, yep. you look at the production with Kirby and he's playing well, and now you've got a guy who is a proven vet who led the league in interceptions last year with six who can play nickel, he can play safety, he can play all over. What are they going to do there? How are they going to, you know, work all three of those guys? I think that'll be very interesting to watch as they go into the playoffs. Well, I don't have any doubt that Dan Campbell will, will satisfy everybody and if they don't like it just wait your turn and you'll get your chance to play and i think it'll be fair and i think it'll be thought out and i think it'll be good i mean he, what has he done with with a player and all this in the three years he's been here then you go why did he do that you know and right. I, I think he's got a real good feeling for that and i think it's i think it's i think it's the right thing to do you just can't have a guy just who's been out for 15 weeks just walk in and take your job. Right. It doesn't work that way. No, I think they're going to work him in. Especially if it's a good player. Yeah, and look, at Fatou Malafonu and Kirby Joseph have been playing good football. So I think it'll be fun to see what kind of maybe dime three safety packages they kind of put together, substitute a linebacker for a safety move. Malafonu will round a little bit. It'll just be really interesting. And I think it's advantage Lions too because – what they decide to do there there isn't going to be any tape on it yeah. you're not going to be able to prepare for it um if you're an opposing offense going into the place whether that's the rams or packers or whoever it is you're just going to basically have to guess on on what they're going to do how it looks and and so i think that's advantage lines you know a couple a couple of things here you, these three guys we're talking about you have range with all of them they have guys you have a wingspan and they can move they can run they can get up in the air and they can they, they, they can you know they can get to the get to the ball. Old saying I heard a long time ago is, "If you want to go fishing, go where the fish. Or if you want to catch fish, go where the fish are. That's where the fish are." I like it. All right, let's finish with this one. Um, Jameer Gibbs, yeah. Jameer Gibbs, and David Montgomery versus that Vikings front seven. And when you look at Gibbs and Montgomery, I mean, are they the best duo in football? Is there a better one out there? I, I can't imagine another one that's better. Most certain A-chain in Miami, you can yeah. maybe make an argument, but I, I think this is the most dynamic um, backfield duo in the league, and I think they have a chance to do something really special this week. I mean, you look at uh, Montgomery's 25 yards away from 1,000. Gibbs is a little bit further. He's got 85 to 1,000, but if they become – 
both thousand yard rushers will be the first duo the sixth duo to do it in league history first since 2009 uh, in carolina i mean that's that's some pretty special stuff mike yeah it is and, and you know then they can do other things too we look we think of uh, montgomery as just as a power runner well he powered his way to a 75 yard touchdown run yeah that's did you see that move he put on on yeah. that 75 yeah. yard and that cut to the left he, yeah he and then he was gone yeah, yeah no, he was gone absolutely and then uh jamar is really he's got the ex- explosive explosiveness that you're look that you were no while you're looking for it you don't always get it but they've got it in him and plus he can do things out of the backfield with his hands and you look at two weeks ago i mean they went into that game knowing that that was their bread and butter that's yeah. where they had the advantage they rushed it 36 times in that game for 143 yards yeah. When they can establish a run like that, then the play action comes, and then you can get the ball to all those weapons on the outside. Um, I just think they're going to want to establish that run, and I think they both do get a thousand. I think Gibbs is going to bust out a run; he's going to be able to get eighty-five. I think obviously Montgomery stays healthy. Twenty-five is kind of a foregone conclusion the way he's been playing. The Vikings are ninth against the run; they've only allowed a hundred um, per game on average, but. Just with what Detroit did two weeks ago, I think that's advantage Lions. No, I, I would agree with you. And, and look, it, it, it's a nice landmark for them. It's a nice thing for the organization. It's nice for the offensive linemen. There's there's nothing bad about it. They really nothing bad. So look, it's week eighteen. Fun times. Um, week eighteen is already established. The week nineteen, a little bit different last year, right? Needed a win. Absolutely. Needed some stuff yeah. to happen. Uh, it's it's a little nicer knowing that you're going to be at Ford Field. Don't know the time yet. It's either going to be next week, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. But first, take care of business here. Get the bad taste um, out of your mouth from Dallas. Go into that's going to be hard. <laughs> go into this game uh, with a little bit of a uh, little bit of momentum, and then get ready for whoever you're going to play. He is Mike O'Hara. I am Tim Toyman. That was key matchups for this week's game against Minnesota. Welcome back to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast, and I am very happy to welcome in Mark Craig, who does a great job covering everything Minnesota Vikings for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Mark, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That's uh, really, really strange and, and kind of cool to see the Lions where they are right now, I think. Yeah, first division title in 30 years. I know we were talking a little bit before we started taping here. That That's a long time uh, to go without a division title in a home playoff game, but uh, it, it, it's a fun atmosphere, obviously, here. A little different time, and it's fun from our end covering it. I know you've um, covered winning football. You've covered division titles. There's just something special about uh, a, a season like that and, and a playoff run, isn't there? Yeah, you know, the Vikings, uh, you know, my favorite season probably is the Brett Favre season in 2009, just you know, a magical season. Last year was magical, but just kind of had that feeling like, you know, can they do it in the playoffs? And uh, that team, their defense was just, uh, you know, wasn't wasn't really up to snuff. And uh, But the difference with the Lions is like when like last year when the Vikings got to that, that playoff game, they, they were the three C. It just had this upset. Um, you know, Detroit, I think will be a different story with that, with that defense and, uh, just, uh, the way that they're, that, that mentality that they have right now. You know, obviously it's, it, it's been a tough season for Minnesota and, and it really just started when, when Kirk Cousins, um, suffered the Achilles injury, 
uh, four different starters at quarterback. You guys have named uh, Nick Mullins this week, but but Mark, d- doesn't it just go to show just how important that backup quarterback job is in the NFL and, and, and how teams, at least the good ones, have a really steady backup plan in place, maybe invest in that position. I just look at the example in Detroit with Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who's played a, a ton of football. Now they obviously haven't needed him, but, but did, what the Vikings are going through, does that just kind of show the importance of that backup quarterback position? Cause you just never know. Yeah, it also it shows that, but it also shows like um like turnovers. I mean, I look at Cleveland, I look at the you know, Cleveland was the first team to, to make the playoffs with with the four quarterbacks starting multiple games. The Vikings have now done that with Jaron Hall starting against the Packers his second time. Um the the Browns have 35 turnovers, most in the league. You know, the Vikings have multiple games. They got 33, 32 turnovers now. Um, you know, Kirk was playing well, but there was still right from the you know, six, seven minutes into the game, they had a strange turnover where the, the right guard swings his arm back and knocks the ball out of Kirk's hands and they fumble against the, the Buccaneers. Three turnovers in that first half, including Kirk throwing one at the at the goal line at right before halftime. Um, so yeah, Kirk was playing well, but Kirk also was four and four uh, and had turned the ball over nine times. Um, you know, not all his fault, but uh, you know, not all the fault of the other guys who followed him. Um, but yeah, it, it Having that plan, uh, it's also hard to have that plan whenever, um, you know, your quarterback's making a lot of a ton of money. Yeah. And, and Kirk, you know, Kirk was so durable. Kirk not only started every game or was available for every game, you know, except he had COVID for, in, in 2021 when they went to play Green Bay at the end of the year. But you never saw his backup. In fact, I think uh, um, one of them was here for an entire year and didn't even uh, didn't even play. Uh, Mannion hardly played. Um, the thought was Mullins could could rise to the occasion, but I don't know that he has the arm strength as you found out. The Lions fans found out to to be that guy. So it's a bit it's valuable, but they also got to just hang on to the ball. With, with Mullins playing this week, we saw a couple weeks ago in Week 16 the the four interceptions, obviously critical part of of, the, of that game. Just what does he have to do different besides the obvious of just not throwing interception? But how do they does the offense maybe change a little bit? You saw them rush for only 17 yards in that game. Is that something maybe they have to do a little bit more of to help him out, or kind of what's what's the change that that you expect to you know two weeks later? You know, I, I guess being a being one of the older guys covering the league now, seeing feels like it. Um, there's just a, like when Detroit came in there, my, my feeling is that they won that game with that offensive line. I mean, you could say that. I mean, the Vikings obviously they threw the ball. I mean, I don't know that I've seen a quarterback be as careless with the ball as he was in that game. I mean, Brett Favre would have some games like that, but Brett would also throw four or five or ten touchdowns. Um, <laughs> You know, I think they, they do need to run the ball, but I don't think they have the ability to run the ball. They don't have the mentality. They don't have the the strength, the determination up front. They don't have the running back. You know, I think that uh, the feeling here is, and I, I don't blame them for getting for letting Dalvin Cook go. I think Dalvin was spent. Um, but, you know, everyone made fun of the Lions when they, they used uh, their top uh, eight. In the top 18, they pick a running back. Oh, hello, Detroit. You know, Dan Campbell was uh, old school, pat him on the head. Then he picks a middle linebacker. Oh, you know, and then he gets a tight end. It's just like, well, what are the Lions doing? Well, the Lions are doing what, you know, 
the Vikings could do right now if they had the personnel and they, the mentality, run the ball, don't throw it away, but they, they can't run it. Uh, yeah, you would like to think that they would run the ball, but I don't think they'll be able to. Uh, and that puts a lot of pressure on Mullins, and he's got to not turn the ball over. He, you know, after the Bengals game, when he threw, the, you know, they, they were in field goal range twice with, uh, right before halftime, he threw two interceptions. And one of them, he basically was getting sacked, and he handed it to the defensive tackle. Uh, and they called it an interception because it never touched the ground, but it was kind of the weirdest interception you'll see. Uh, talked all about, you know, not turning the ball over. He goes against Detroit, and it's – I mean, there was just no care given to the ball whatsoever. So I don't believe that he's going to change. So they'll, they'll be there for the taking if the, you know, the Lions want them. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm speaking with Mark Craig, does a great job covering the Minnesota Vikings for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Uh, Mark, what's the difficulties of playing a team, you know, twice in three weeks? Uh, when you, I guess you can't match their talent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the Vikings also, you know, they have had a lot of injuries, and but every a lot of teams have, you know, obviously. Um, you know, it used to be, uh, I know when Jared Goff, there were some games when, when he, uh, he'd come to the Metro or come from come to the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, and Zimmer was the coach, and, and they'd go after him, and you know, it's some rough, rough times for him. There was also one in Los Angeles where he had a perfect passer rating against the Vikings, and it was, uh, he had like five touchdowns and I think four or five incompletions, but they were able to knock him down and put him on his back. And, you know, when you can do that to a guy that doesn't move like he does, it changes the game, but they just, you know, Flores wasn't able to do that. That's, you know, another reason not only could Detroit run the ball, but they protected Goff. And when Goff gets that protection, he's going to, he's going to be a, you know, a guy you can, can win a lot of games with. Um, So yeah, it's, it's comes down to that. It, uh, the difficulty, you know, you can look for all these little hidden things, but the Lions are just a better team. They're healthier. Um, they're tougher. And I feel like, you know, they got, they still have something to play for. Although I would imagine that if they didn't have anything to play for, you know, I mean, you could tell me better than I could tell you, but Dan Camp would sort of have that uh, Coughlin mentality of we're going to play it hard and, you know, no matter what. Yeah, 100%. And I think just the way things happened in Dallas last week for Detroit losing that game in, in that fashion, I think you want to go into the playoffs you know, with a little bit of momentum. You want to get that bad taste out of your mouth a little bit. Um, and look, how unlikely it might be um, Detroit beats Minnesota and you know Philadelphia loses in, in New York and Dallas loses in Washington. Uh, probably unlikely, but we've seen crazier things. You've been doing this a long time. I know you've seen crazier things happen the last week of the season. So I think you got to play your guys, and um, you're in the one o'clock hour. So I, I, you play to win. You win that game, and then you see what happens. And what's better than one home playoff game? Well, two home playoff games. So I think that's the the approach for um, Detroit. But look, Minnesota, how unlikely it might be too, is still fighting for something as well. Has that been the mentality this week, and just how? motivated have you sensed um kevin o'connell and, and and those guys this week about going to detroit and 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 you know keeping you know their hopes alive it has sort of a deflated feeling here you know i i don't know what you know we don't see enough of practice to really know what they're and they don't they're not really a team that practices that hard um you know they, they tend to try to preserve you know the guys and um 
So my feeling is, my sense is that it's, uh, you know, they're going to try. They're not going to just go out there and lay down. But um, I think there's a reservation that it's over. But I think even saying that, you know, you look at what, I mean, for me, um, I sort of think that Detroit's 2023 season might have started in Green Bay when they went there and knocked Rodgers out of the playoffs. Um I yeah, just feel like talking about, well, if they lose, they get a better draft pick. You know, my feeling is, <laughs> I know uh, Kevin O'Connell is not in trouble, uh, shouldn't be in trouble of, of losing his job, but these things add up and you don't want to like give up or, or put on tape <laughs> what they did against Detroit, Green Bay, uh, the Bears, you know, uh, a few weeks before that when they, you know, the defense was still, you know, uh, playing extremely well and they held him to four field goals and lost 12 to 10. So you, I think you, you gotta like sort of start turning the, turning the tide because um, the division is, is running past them right now. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Vikings will be looking to, to finish this thing strong. I know Detroit will be looking to finish the regular season strong and then you get that first playoff uh, home game in 30 years. It should be fun here, but but first off, it's it's Minnesota on Sunday. Mark, thanks for joining me. I appreciate the time. Safe travels here to Detroit, and I'll make sure I stop by and say hello. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mark. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I am very happy to welcome in Afatu Melifanu, third year safety, who is having a heck of a season. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate uh, you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So just what what kind of a whirlwind has this been for you the last month or so? You know, obviously inserted into the starting lineup and then you've just taken off Afatu. I mean, the, the production that you're having, you become a guy that you really can't take off the field. Uh, I, I don't know if it's much of a whirlwind. I'm just, you know, grateful and blessed. And I just thank God that I'm, you know, finally healthy um, and getting an opportunity to show what I can do. So I feel like I haven't let it get to me too much. Mm-hmm. I just like every week I'm just looking forward to going out and playing and improving and getting better. Health was the biggest thing, right? That was mm-hmm. the biggest thing holding you back it wasn't ever an issue of talent development anything like that it was just needing to be consistently healthy you dealt with some injuries and just didn't get that practice time that playing time and now that you've you've been healthy this is the player that you've always been right we're we're just now getting an opportunity to see it yeah i can i can definitely agree to that um like you said i just haven't been available um and I think I got asked on one interview, like after the Broncos, like, am I surprised by, like, have I surprised or what did I learn new about myself? And I said nothing. Cause like, this is stuff I knew I could do. My, you know, my teammates at, at Syracuse knew I could do this. My brother knew I could do this. Um, my, my friends and even my teammates like knew this is, these are things I could do. And I just haven't been able to show it. And now I finally am. You know, you came in playing cornerback in mm-hmm. college you, you made the switch to safety at what point how long do you think it took you once you moved over to safety to be like okay I like this kind of clicks I got this was it immediate mm-hmm. did it take a little no. time adjustment no it definitely wasn't immediate because honestly it was a hard decision like switching over um it was something I had never done before because in college I only played corner right um so I kind of had to like 
wrap my head around like just the position change. And then last year when I switched positions, I was um, in and out of injuries. So I never really, it like stunted my development at yeah. the position. So I never really got comfortable. And then I would say probably like after OTAs and then into the start of training camp is when I, I felt like I was really comfortable at it. Um, and then obviously getting them actual game reps, live reps, I feel like I got way more comfortable and like I feel like the game has slowed down a bit. Um, well, slow down a lot, but I just feel like there's still improvements I need to make. You know, um, I've really only played safety for like a year and a half. If you if you include it's amazing like last to year. think about with how well you're playing it yeah. right now. I mean that ceiling. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm I'm definitely getting comfortable at it. I'm comfortable now, and it's slowing down. Uh, but obviously, there's still improvements I I can make, and I just I look honestly I look forward to playing and getting better at it. How much of an advantage is it going to be for you guys with with CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, on his way back, and just maybe some of the packages that you can put together, some of the three safety looks, some dime stuff, some stuff that defense or opposing offenses haven't seen, and yeah. and how much of an advantage can that be to to create some packages with with having three guys um, along with Kirby Joseph that that can play the position at at a really elite level? Yeah. It it's definitely an advantage. Um, just brings a lot of different looks and versatility. I can't speak too much on the different packages sure. and stuff like that, but it definitely um, brings a different look, and you can do a lot of things when you have, um, you know, a lot of good good DBs and good players. You can, you know, put them in different places and things like that. Good problem to have, right? Yeah, good play, no, yeah Too many yeah. good players at, right. at one position. Right. Most teams would love to have their problem. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about the the, the, the clinching of um, the playoffs. You were here a couple years ago, three wins, saw the improvement. But just from where you guys have gone over the last three years, just what was that feeling like in, in Minnesota to, to clinch that, having gone through some of the rough times when you first got here to, to now where it is now and you being such a big part of it? Um, not even so much just me being a big part of it. It was just like, it was just a good feeling just to, you know, where we came from my rookie year um, to where we are now. It was just like a, it was just a great feeling in the locker room and just even on the field after the game. But I feel like everyone had that kind of sense of like, the celebration wasn't too long, to be honest. It was really that locker room. Was it even really on the plane like that? No. It was kind of just like, we kind of that's what we wanted that's what the goal was but we we had our eyes on you know playoffs and everything like that like and and you know advancing and seeds and everything so it was just like you know we accomplished that but then what's next yeah what's next that's the first check mark mm-hmm. of hopefully our yeah many more exactly Justin Jefferson um obviously a, a, a terrific talent had 141 yards of touchdown like this is the NFL. Guys are going to make plays on on that side of, mm-hmm. of the ball. But just how special of a talent is he? How difficult is he to prepare for? I mean, yeah, he, he he's a good player, and you know, good players they make plays. Like no matter how much you scheme for him and things like that, they're they're going to find a way to make plays. And I think it's just about how, like how we bounce back and how we respond to it. And I feel like the DBs responded well. We had four interceptions, so I mean, it's like. He's a good player. He's a great player, but we just got to bounce back and next play mentality. And yeah, that, that's really that. It's going to be Nick Mullins again. Um, you go into this game thinking that there might be an opportunity to, to, to snag, you know, one or two that, that, that ball is probably going to come your way and you're going to get an opportunity to make a big play. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that every week, though. Like, that's yeah. the mentality you got to have every week. Like, the ball's in the air, it's mine, no matter who's the quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, that's the that's always the mentality, regardless of the QB. Have you let yourself think of what Ford Field is going to be like next week? Not only this week, but I but I think the, the ramp up to, to, to next week, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's Green Bay, just what that atmosphere is like and how starved this fan base has been at for 30 years to, 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 to run out of that tunnel. Have you let yourself maybe even think about that at all? I honestly, like, I know in the back of my head, like, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a crazy thing to see, but like, I'm not really focused on that. I'm not looking too much. Like, we got one more game, the end of the season. So I'm kind of focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll think about the other stuff later, to be honest. Well, take care of business first on Sunday. Afatu Melifan, we're playing some terrific football right now. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate yeah, thank you. you. No, thank you for having me.